0: It's Beamaz and Beamer. Now Brian Mazarowski and Joe Beamer. News Radio 930
2: WBEN. Welcome in, Bmaz and Beamer here on WBEN. Oh yeah. Where uh, it is now it's cooling down again. I feel we got the air. I walked in today, I'm wearing long sleeves. I wore my jacket uh, in here this morning. And needed the jacket for about a couple hours. Then I was just good long sleeves and then, you know, we're turning the heater on. It was okay. And then in our last segment that we just had, it was like, you know, sauna.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It is not comfortable in here right now. Uh, Just just so you know.
2: it's uh, We were fighting through. Well, talking about the animals, but we uh, we got it for you. Uh, and People don't here. realize
5: what we go through to, to provide entertainment.
2: It's just like, it's waves of, you never know what to expect. It just amazes me. Um, 803-0930 to be on with us today, Joe. Yesterday, I declared my love for the Queen. You sure did. Um, Very surprising. And, uh, you know, I think part of why it hit me now, maybe more so than any other time before, you know, why I was in that mood to say that I like the Queen or the idea of the Queen, why I like having... Patriotism. Yes. You're a fan of patriotism. Well, it's not just, it's not patriotism as much as it has to have just kind of a, a somebody that you can rally behind, somebody that when they speak... They're treated with a certain level of respect from everybody that I think is just so it's so needed here. And I think part of that is, you know because of the temperature of. Now, I'm talking about the temperature because this thought in my head was that the temperature <laughs> of the nation, right? right. Uh, the temperature. We need to
5: cool the temperature. Of our discourse. Yeah. Yes. yes. So
2: that's uh, why temperature was on my brain. I get what you meant. <laughs> I was talking about the temperature of the nation and, and just how these discussions happen. And so on the on the heels of the Queen and my, my love for the Queen yesterday, and— the conversation that's been going on here over the past couple of weeks, and especially this week and what was just passed in Albany yesterday, I want to know. And Joe, this is how what we talked about last week in a different sort of way. Okay. Is if you are capable of maintaining the temperature, if you're capable of having the conversation. Or if you're not. Now, I ask this knowing that most people in their head, they hear the question being asked and they say, well, yeah, of course, I can have a conversation. But can you really? Are you able to look at something at face value without throwing behind it the weight of, you know, a a thousand pounds of politics, so to speak, right? Can you have that conversation when it comes to some of these issues, because it definitely seems like it's hard to do. So I want to know how you're talking oh, about these things. Uh, because, Joe, I mean, in a way, this is, you know, it reminds me a lot of uh, what we went through with COVID, right? So, you know, we could sit here and say, and, you know, I'm trying over two years to, you know, look at people and say, well, hang on a second, shouldn't, you know, we're keeping kids out of school and isolated and wearing masks. Well, shouldn't this all be a part of the conversation, right? Shouldn't uh, kids and teenagers isolated from one another and us really have n- having no idea what the impact of doing it to that extent would be? I mean, shouldn't that and the real harm that would be associated with that? kind of factor into what you're talking about with a lot of these COVID rules, too. Uh, you know, that to me would be the the cool, the, the medium temperature right. way of having that discussion, of taking all these things into consideration. A rational discussion. Yet somehow when you ask these questions, you ask what I think a lot of people, without the thousand pounds of politics behind it, uh, would see as rational— when you ask those questions you're kind of thrown into this you know oh well okay you're on that side of the issue you're you're the covid fake um you know anti vax uh pro whatever blah 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 right. you know you're on this side of the issue and then you know i'm over here where i every rule is great and uh, because i believe in science and that's right. us and you're the anti science and, and you're you're always just lumped into these two sides yeah. uh, on everything immediately and there's more than just two ways to look at things right you and, know what i mean and, And it reminds me of this, which is the conversation on guns. And how are you having this conversation over the past two weeks? Because I think the political part, you know, the thousand – pounds, and we saw that in the past week with Chris Jacobs, the congressman, right, who, you know, now you have Republicans from all over. I can't believe – oh, 180s, flip-flopped on the issues. And I'm, you know, trying to sit here and say, whoa, has politics really gotten that bad? It sounds to me like somebody is, like all humans, I think, are supposed to do. As time goes on, and things change, right? And there's a new uh, things to consider, that your positions on certain things would change, just kind of naturally. That 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 should be expected of almost everybody. That's right. And so it wasn't that big of a surprise to me last week when Chris Jacobs said that. Um, and I would put that out to everybody, much like the person who says, hang on a second, you know, do we really want to be keeping these kids out of school for a year and a half? Do do they really need to be wearing a mask inside of school everywhere? Did anybody think of the harms that might come to this, especially very young kids, which by the way, they're still doing in New York City? Yes. uh, Keeping masks on toddlers and uh, expecting that it's not going to have an impact on how they read and write and perform later on. But anyways... Just like asking that question, is that not the same as asking the question, well, shouldn't we raise the age to 21 to buy some of these weapons, these semi-automatic rifles that are used over and over again by teenagers in these horrific attacks? Doesn't that seem... Like a reasonable point of conversation,
5: right? That's not taking guns away from everyone, right? That's that's always the uh, you know people aren't trying to take your your guns and, and like you said, some weapons up to uh, twenty one, and you know over time, Brian, you are you know as as things happen, um, you, you know you your 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 view might change. You might have more info. You know, I said this last week when talking about this. Uh, no no secret. My politics um, are more are more to the right side of center than the left side of center. But I go to this gun conversation, not with politics. You put your politics aside. This should just be as, hey, have you seen what's going on? As a concerned American, can we have a conversation? Can we not go to Washington as Democrats versus Republicans? Could we go there as concerned Americans and have rational discussion, rational dialogue? Uh, Instead, you have people screaming at each other with, you know, spittle coming out of their mouth. Um, And you would think, okay, that's what's going on between people who are so dug in on their politics. But that's not, I don't think, a majority of people. Can we not enter this conversation without political bias? Without Let's, let's go to the, what does my party's talking point say about this? And just have a rational conversation. Unfortunately, um, you're not seeing much of that within political communities. But Brian, I do think rational people like you and I
2: are having those conversations. I... I just looked at this as—and, you know, this is just one part of uh, a bunch of gun reforms and different laws passed by the state yesterday. It's, uh, you know, in talking to some of our political analysts on a more national level, including Rick Klein this morning, it seems to be the one that's talked about a lot, where it's—you know, some people want an outright assault weapons ban, Um, So. Some people want a ban on all firearms. You're kind of almost seeing that in Canada, right? That was the story to lead the week. Uh, Handguns, which are already uh, very improbable to get up north of the border. Uh, They want a freeze, a moratorium on all sales of handguns. And, you know, to me, this idea of raising the age to buy a semi-automatic rifle, it isn't that. It's not saying, which I think you'd have a very good argument to say, why does anybody need this? But but it isn't even going that far. Right. It's simply saying, you know, look, 18 years old, why do you need one of these weapons? And look, we have two very recent instances, but you can go back and the list is long, of people between the ages of 18 and 21 being able to Go legally buy a weapon like this and carry out an attack that kills a lot of people. So wouldn't the rational way of looking at this say, yeah, you know what? We're, we've we made it so that you can't buy a drink until you're 21. We've made it so that you can't buy a pack of smokes until you're 21. Right. You can't rent a car until you're what? 25. 25? Is that yeah. it? Can't be president until you're 35. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there. But here, you you have this highly lethal weapon that requires, and this is you know something gun owners uh, talk about all the time, requires a, a great deal of respect for what you have, right? right? It requires a great deal of responsibility. Is any old eighteen year old ready to go in there and and be able to do that? I would say probably not. We had somebody in here last week arguing, well, you know, what's the difference between eighteen and twenty-one? I would say there is a. I big think there's, yeah,
5: yeah, immaturity level. Well, there's a reason that twenty-one age is a is a thing.
2: Yeah, you know what and, I mean. I, and I mean, you can argue, you know, should it be 21, 22 What's I, I uh, between eighteen and twenty-one or twenty-two or, or that age, there is a bit. An eighteen-year-old is a high school kid. Yes. A 21-year-old, I, you know, I don't know, maybe you're still a... Senior in college? Yeah, you're, you're a college kid. Is there much of a difference there? But you probably have some sort of life experience. Right. And I think there isn't a difference there, and I think that shows where you're looking at this long list of these shootings that have happened in the U.S., And it's people under 21. It's largely people who have bought the same AR-15 style rifle. And it's largely people who have bought it legally. So why not change that? And listen, you are not going to stop all these things from happening. Somebody chimed in. What's to stop this from somebody over 21 from buying this? And, well, it doesn't. You know the answer. Right. And asking the question. But it does stop the people from 18 to 21. And it does stop teenagers from buying For these guns. Legally acquiring weapons, yes. And it does put some sort of other barrier, right? right? You can point to illegal weapons and, you know, hey, if you want a gun, you can find a way to get one illegally. Uh, this person had this illegal weapon, modified it to make it illegal. You can skirt the law. Okay. Right. All these right. things are true, but you are putting another barrier. Exactly. You are doing something in there. Right. Um, and I just do not see how this is one of these issues that gets thrown into this constant black and white, red and blue political discourse – that heats people up and divides people, where they kind of plant their their feet so firmly in one side,
5: right. I, I, I just there are certain things that do not have to be political. I mean, that uh, people don't want to hear that. That is the truth. There are things that do not need to be political. And this this left, first right, it's gotten so toxic. it's it's ridiculous. And there's a lot of people who should be ashamed of themselves. Um and also, saying that the the age for certain weapons should be raised to twenty one, Also, and I I just because I want to be consistent on this, Brian, does not mean that you ignore the other issues. You know, as I always say, you come to the the table for this discussion, guns, mental health, all that stuff should be discussed. But the one thing legislatively that's being discussed does not mean that you're ignoring the other things that also need to be discussed. I I completely agree. Uh, But raising the age, I think that's common sense. That's not going and that's not a a beta work going and taking everyone's guns. That is Chris Jacobs. Um, Someone who's saying, you know what, we can come to a compromise. We can have rational, calm discussions. And I have to say, as someone who, again, leans more to the right than the left, uh, I am surprised uh, so many people are going after Chris Jacobs because I thought – I was under the impression that's what we wanted. We wanted our politicians to talk with each other, not scream at each other. That's what I was under the, um, that's what I thought we were We were looking for in our politics in Washington. Um, so I was actually really surprised uh, by the outrage within the party toward Congressman Chris Jacobs.
2: And you'll have a lot of people saying, why not this, why not that? Um, why this this simple raising the age 18 to 21 to buy a, a semi-automatic rifle it's simple is because exactly joe because it's simple because it is something where listen i could say and sit here and um you know run through a list of why maybe these types of guns shouldn't be sold to anybody anywhere regardless of age in the US but i know that's not going to happen i, I just Looking at how difficult it is to have this discussion, you know that's not going to happen. Here's something that y- you might be able to to do something with. Right? Y- you might be able to go forward with. How are you having this conversation? What do you think of the law that's about to be signed by the governor of New York? Eight hundred three oh nine thirty to join us. We'll start with uh, Tim. He's in orchard park uh tim thanks for being with us what do you think of this rule 18 to 21 for certain types of guns
1: see i don't mind that because i agree that maybe it should be 21 for these type of of guns but don't don't stop from all types of guns because they're trying to lower the age of hunting how are these younger kids going to own a gun
2: supervised hunting yes Yeah, yeah, and and Tim, that's why I think this one thing, uh, it's why I'm very surprised that it's gotten a heated reaction on each side because you're not saying to uh, somebody who's 18 that you can't buy a rifle for hunting. It's just banning certain types of guns that are super popular with people who carry out these attacks from being bought by teenagers, which I— I don't know I feel like that's a reasonable point that a lot of people would be on board with.
1: Well, the reason I called in is how are they going to how are they going to enforce these laws when they're not even enforcing the already illegal guns that are on the street.
5: That that's not a bad question Tim, uh, but like Brian said this would add a barrier uh, to what we have seen unfortunately recently. Well, um for those
2: 18 to 21. Again, Tim, thanks for the call. You're not going to solve every problem with a piece of legislation. I would argue, you know, and I sat here much of last week saying that I I don't like when people just look to some congressman or some governor or some you know government authority to solve the problems. I think you know to really get to the root of it, you got to look inside your own house. Yes, you have to look at what you're doing. You have to look at the people closest to you. You have to take some action yourself instead of just saying, Hey, you do something. But here's something. Is it going to stop all the illegal weapons? No. I mean, it's not. But here's what it might do if you have fewer people, no people, from 18 to 21 buying these weapons. Then you have less of them on the streets. Right. Or like you said, it's a, it's a barrier. It, it is more difficult,
5: right? Because everyone, even I, will say, well, if they're not going to get it legally, they would get it illegally. Okay, but these last two shootings legally acquired those weapons. And this what, would
2: make that impossible. And what happened in Tulsa? Somebody who the same day were led to believe thought of this idea, went in, right, purchased something legally, and killed four people. Cheryl, you're uh, on WBEN. I, uh, word...
3: Hey, how you doing this morning?
2: I'm doing well. Uh, how is uh, the conversation going with you?
3: Well, one thing I have to say, age has nothing to do with it what ha- because look at the age differences in all these shootings. These people that are doing the shootings are all different ages. They're not just young. They're not just under 21. They're all ages. The guy that just in Oklahoma, that guy was in his 40s. It has to do with taking off these semi-automatic rifles you don't need for hunting. You don't need for target shooting. You don't need at all, period. As of June 1st, they should have stopped. Just the automatic semi rifles. okay? If you have a pistol permit, you should be able to carry it. This guy in Oklahoma got his permit on May 29th. He's in his 40s. He bought a gun on June 1st, and he used it. So it's to do it age. You can change the age to, to 22. It don't matter. Or, or 29. These people are all different ages. It has to do with that certain God has no responsibility at all in anybody's hands to be kept on the market. And-
2: Cheryl, Cheryl, appreciate the call. I, I think the thing with the age here is when you're looking at the school specifically, it is – I. I yeah, there might be one person over 21 who has uh, – fired shots in a school it's under 21 and it's an ar-15 almost exclusively when you're looking at these school shootings that have occurred over the last 20 years so that's why it's age and the other part about age is because cheryl what you're saying a lot of people agree with you but is that going to actually happen are you going to get that through congress or even uh, here in New York State, which has very strict gun laws compared to the rest of the country. Right. Even in New York State, there apparently wasn't an appetite to do that. So what's the rational conversation of what we can do right now and actually accomplish something? Um, I, I think that's where it starts. 8030930, BMAZ and Beamer on- Tune In is the audio platform with something for everyone.
4: Deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, two more
3: two tour. more.
4: You deserve this ice cold reward. Medellin, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crownley Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: WBEN. It's as and beamer News Radio 930 WBEN. We're back here, Beam As and Beamer, on WBEN. Joe's raising the roof. Yeah, it's a Friday. We're getting you set for the weekend. It's looking we, pretty nice. I was just about to say we did a full week together, but that's not true. Yeah. 803 09 30. It came close. It we did. Came close. It did. All uh, business days. A full we work week. A European work week together we did. That's right. A Four right. days um, the, together. The future of American work weeks. <laughs> um, but we're, uh, we're asking you how you're having the conversation, if you're able to keep a, a cool head in conversations or if people around you are, are able to do the same when it comes to this gun debate and these laws that are being passed. And what was just passed by New York's legislature will be signed into law by the governor yesterday banning anyone under the age of 21 from buying or possessing a semi-automatic rifle. What is that conversation like? Uh, Because I tell you what the conversation is like anytime it comes up uh, in my daily life. And this is spanning political parties. This is spanning age groups. I mean, not really spanning age groups. Let's say anywhere from about 30 to 80. Spanning generations. Yeah, but under 30 crowd. I don't really hang out with that much. Just noticed that about myself, Well, but, you're, you're in your 30s. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, but it's spanning a lot, and for what I'm noticing is just it's so different from what you see the political discourse as, which is you know people just warring at each other, their heels dug in on their stance, uh, whereas the conversation that I've heard again. Across the political spectrum, across age groups, when you hear of this legislation that would bar anyone under 21 from buying or possessing an AR-15, most people have said, yeah, it sounds about reasonable. Right. And I kind of feel like that's the level-headed conversation. Even if you don't end up on that sounds reasonable, which— I find it hard to to take in that argument that it wouldn't sound reasonable given our other laws that we have in this country. Right. That's the tone. And it's so markedly different from what you see on TV and hear in the news every day. Yeah. I, I mean,
5: for for the people that that they have a pushback to raising it to 21, I don't think we have anyone under 21 in our audience. If we do, um, make sure you felt out the Nielsen rating. Uh, but I don't think we have anyone under 21 in our audience. I don't understand how raising— I'm sure we do. I hope we do. Well, it is a school day. I I wonder how raising it to 21 is affecting you. Like, how does that affect you? You're over 21. How does raising
2: the age of 21 affect you? Yeah, well, I think for... that's that's, Well, I know for the majority of people... um, It doesn't. Forget about raising the age. uh, Banning the sale entirely would not affect them.
5: That's a great point. For the majority of people. But for, for gun owners out there,
2: raising the age of 21, how is that affecting you? We'll uh, go to the phone 803-0930, to join us this morning. Uh, we'll start uh, with Don in Amherst. Don, you're on WBEN. How are you this morning?
6: I'm fine. I have a question for you guys.
2: All right, Don. First of all,
6: when the SAFE Act was passed, the gun that you're talking about was banned. Okay? Number one. Number two, that platform that you're talking about... We'll call it the AR-15 platform. It's probably the most popular hunting rifle in America. And it's that way because of its efficiency and because of its weight and because of its accessibility, many, many reasons. It's a great gun for varmints, foxes, possums, woodchucks. Farmers use them for a lot of things. Number three. That particular gun, it's called an AR-15 because it was made, designed by Armalite. Right. Okay. When I was in the Air Force, we shot the M-16, which is the military version of that gun. Okay, that gun is a semi-automatic, just like every other semi-automatic in the world, fires the same way. You can buy a magazine put it in the gun, and make it any amount of rounds you want it to be. Only in New York do they come up with all these stupid laws. And we have more laws, I guess, except California, and we still have the problems, don't we? And Illinois. Because the laws don't do anything to criminals. They buy the gun illegally, they use it illegally, and there's no way you're going to stop well, from doing
5: it. Well, that. and Don, but, 16-year-olds drink alcohol, so should we just lower the drinking age to 16? When I was growing up, the legal age for alcohol was 18. Okay, I'm just saying, 15 and 16-year-olds drink alcohol. Under your, uh, the way you're saying it, we should just lower the drinking age because, well, they're going to drink anyway.
6: No, that's not what I said.
2: All right, Don, thanks for the call. I, You know, to me, that is the, and listen, I have said this before. I don't blame anyone for having a defeatist attitude of saying, how, you know, how can you stop this? But... Should we not try? Right. I mean should should there be no effort made to do whatever? Are you telling me that the favorite weapon of people who are carrying out these uh, unspeakable attacks needs to be on the market for people to purchase legally because they're also great for possums? There's no other option? Right.
5: I Because I want to say this, you know, I I think, again, as Brian's saying, common sense. I I think we need to have rational, common sense discussion, compromise. I am the last person who would ever say, let's take away guns. I am all for people having their rights. However, putting an age limit to 21, like Brian said, could add barriers. I I, I just I don't understand the pushback to that. Like I said before the break, I don't understand the pushback to put a barrier up to people between 18 and 21, because, again, that, that's the age of people legally purchasing these weapons and carrying out these unspeakable attacks.
2: And, you know, for all the talk about illegal weapons, uh, yes, that's a problem as well. A lot. These two most recent horrific shooting attacks took place with people who bought legal weapons who are under the age of 21, who under this new law would not be able to. You know, oh, what difference would it make? Well, it would have stopped that from happening. Right. Now, I can't, answer, nobody can answer the question. Would they have bought something else? Would they have acquired the weapon illegally? I don't know. But we would have stopped that transaction from yes. taking place. And then I don't know what happens next. Maybe the same thing happens. But if we can go and stop that transaction from taking place, why wouldn't we try? Right. And in. And, 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 By doing so, what is the harm that you're putting on people? What is the undue burden of this law? And and, and I want to say this, focusing
5: in on this, just trying to, again, uh, trying to make it so the people that carried out this wouldn't have been able or would have had to go through another barrier doesn't mean that we shouldn't look at as Congressman Higgins mentioned, why did the red flag laws fail? Why why was the um, the top shooter still able to purchase a gun? Those are things that obviously should be looked at. But just because you're addressing one doesn't mean you're ignoring
2: the others. I just want to put that out there as well. And, and the question: Oh, well, you know, there's just another illegal gun on the street. How do you think they get there? You, you know, if now are is there illegal gun trafficking going on? Yes, we hear about that a lot. Right, right. Uh, these bus being made of guns, but When they're sold to somebody, there's a weapon that's out there on the street. And while you might have that weapon locked up when it's not in use, you may be very responsible. Do you think everybody else is? How did it get there Right. if it's so accessible? So by slowing down, there's plenty of guns out there. (laughs) There are more guns than people. By slowing that down a little bit, you know, maybe you don't make it, as uh, people are texting in, so easy to access a weapon. Right. Shouldn't that be something that's addressed, or should we just throw our hands in the air Not, and say, what are you going to do? Nothing that can be done. I I don't like that attitude toward things. We'll go to uh, Bob. Bob, you're on WBEN. Bob, what are you thinking this morning? Hey,
1: um, I was One thing I think some of the old-timers don't realize is how immature 18-year-olds are these days. But the point I called about was asking about the micro-stamping. Since they don't really have micro-stamping technology in place, does that kind of halt all gun sales in New York State, and does it only apply to the uh, quote-unquote assault rifles, or is that to every single gun sold in New York State has to have micro-stamping because... No manufacturers have that in place yet.
2: From what I understand, it's any new gun. So not just the uh, semi-automatic rifle or anything like that. It would have to be equipped. But I don't know the time on that, Bob, um, in terms of when. You know, usually there's a period of time to allow people to catch up. I don't know if that's the case here.
1: You I wonder if the manufacturers are going to be willing to, like, go ahead and do, and do that like is it too much of an adi- additional expense are they just going to say okay we'll sell rifles and or handguns or whatever in the other 49 states in new york state can fend for themselves
2: well i mean if th- i highly doubt bob thanks for the call i doubt that would happen because if they want to sell here they'd have to abide by the law right and <laughs> if you are in the business of selling whatever it is you're i mean look at weeds coming around right Um, There's going to be certain rules in New York that are different from Colorado or Canada or wherever. Right. And these people who manufacture products aren't just going to say, well, I guess we're not going to do New York. No, they're probably going to tailor the products uh, similar to what we've seen around what the regulation is. Exactly. In that particular place. So, I I mean, that's kind of my read on it. We'll go to uh, Lloyd. Lloyd is on WBEN. Lloyd, uh, how are you having this conversation?
3: A uh,
1: great conversation, by the way, this morning. Um, you know, you've heard the saying there's nothing common about common sense, and common sense tells me that it's not the gun. It's the person that's holding the gun. Um, I think um, the, you were talking earlier about the age limits. Uh, a lot of these shooters are 18 and even younger than 18. I think part of the problem there is these kids, since the age of 6 and 7, uh, are being desensitized by the video games that they're playing. They're, you know, uh, first-person shooter games, you know. They're hiding on corners. They shoot an individual. They see the blood splatter. They see the the forehead canoe, whatever it is that that turns them on. Um, And then when it comes to uh, uh, um, committing the deed, um, it means absolutely nothing to them. It's just a video game playing in their warped dimension.
2: You know, Lloyd, I appreciate the call. I I think it's an interesting topic and issue to talk about. Joe, I'm interested where you, uh, you know, fall in on this. I I will start by saying, you know, again, by addressing one thing, you're not ignoring everything else. Um, And, and, you know, it's very similar to what happened in the aftermath here in Buffalo, where, okay, this was a racist attack. Um, But if you broaden the scope and talk about, Just kind of radicalization and the online community, I guess you would say, the online influences that put this into where, you know, I believe in this case, if it wasn't racism, it likely would have been something else, judging by the way he's using the Internet, that would have resulted. That's not discounting the racism that fueled this attack by also talking about other things and that's but talking about gun control is not discounting this mental health issue right now on the issue of video games i hear this again and again and i could be totally wrong on this but my read as somebody who never really played those games a lot but right. you know i know a ton of people who did they were kind of coming up as i was getting older And I don't know exactly what they're like now, but I have a a sense. I don't think the content of the game matters quite as much as how the game is played, which is very different. I don't know. Do you think game content matters a lot, Joe? I'm going to say
5: something I said last week, Brian. I think it's all about who's playing the game more than it's about the game content. I think it's about who's playing the game. All of us could play that game, right, and just say, hey, we're playing a video game. But if you have someone who might be suffering uh, uh, from a mental illness, might be getting radicalized on the Internet, they might be. And again, as we heard from the uh, the shooter in Yavaldi, they might be having conversations that no one really else is commenting on. The, the The wrong person playing that game could have the effect that Lloyd is talking about. Does that make sense what I'm trying to say? I think it's more who's playing the game than the
2: game itself. I think games, I, I think to point the finger at games, and again, my read on the issue, I don't, I'm don't. i not saying this is 100% true. I think it's a little antiquated. It was easier to do when these video games were kind of new. I think when people want to point out video games, I think the thing you should actually be pointing out is just kind of this internet online all the time mode that a lot of kids are in in general. And I think video games are now kind of lumped into that. I used the example last week, Joe when we were younger we played video games you wanted to play video games with your friends what did you, what did you do you had to go over to their house everyone came over to the <laughs> house you know or you went somewhere else and you're sitting next to each other and you're hanging out and you're playing video games and you'd have someone that was waiting till you lost so they could play yeah now it's just alone in you're your basement alone you're in a tunnel you are kind of focusing in there's nothing else going on and you're just by yourself you're in a chat room a lot of times just right. like you are and so to me it's it's almost the same as social media of these online forums of you know how deep you get on the internet how attached people are to technology and you can fall under this malaise of being detached from reality well and that's the thing. So many people are detached from reality. and
5: obviously, you know, a majority of them are not going to do, you know, uh, perform terrorist attacks. However, you have so many people that are all day just in front of a computer, in front of a video game, on their phone. And as we saw with the top shooter, using that time to become radicalized. Brian, I, I, I think this, this plays into a bigger thing of, look this summer, you're driving home, drive through neighborhoods. What's different than when we were kids? No one's out in the street playing, communicating with each other. They're all sitting in their homes. If they're communicating with someone, it's on a computer. It's on a video game. And that's why you have people that are so um, detached from reality, detached from social um, interactions that they become so radicalized. And I think that is playing in – that's another thing that's playing into
2: the situation we are seeing. It doesn't even have to be getting radicalized. I mean that's a social detachment. Yeah. Um, but that, that comes to- from being away from people on a face-to-face level. I, I don't think it takes radicalization. I don't think it takes a violent video game. I think it just takes what a lot of people are are saying. And this is why I, you know, I think parents have to be cautious mm-hmm. about the idea that, oh, well, they're home, they're safe. If they're locked in the room playing vi- oh, well, you know, they're not playing Call of Duty or anything violent like that. So it's fine. They're just, you know, oh. It's all, to me, again, I could be the wrong read, but it's all, to me, all plays into that same thing of not having face-to-face communication, interaction, being detached from that physical, emotional connection with other people. People don't become people. They're just another screen name online or character in a video game, whether it's violent or not person's name on a text message, it's something like that. When you lose that, I, I kind of feel like that's where you slip into being able to do things that most people just can't even find the words for. Yep. If you're not seeing people like the way we've all seen people for thousands and thousands of years.
5: Right. Exactly. I mean, and and Brian, I think this probably could be a conversation we have next week. But uh, know what's going on under your roof, like you said. Do not assume. Oh, they're just upstairs playing a video game. Eh, Maybe knock on the door. Hey, how you doing? Check in. You know, see see if everything's all right. Just know what's going on under your roof. I think that's
2: also something that plays into it. Yeah. Um, Well, I hope if you're talking about this this weekend, it doesn't get too heated. Yes. I think there's a lot of room for and I, you know, I think that's most people who have this conversation. Like I said, if I've had a conversation around this, I think most people just kind of look at it and say, yeah, you know, uh, they might say, it doesn't affect me. Most people would say, it doesn't affect me at all. Right. Uh, so do what you want, whatever uh, you think is going to limit access or, or anything like that. Uh, that's not my thing, and I think even people from a, another political persuasion who are really entrenched in that belief, I think, can see, well, maybe there there is something we can do and not just totally shut the door.
5: And to continue this conversation, hoping to have
2: Congressman Chris Jacobs on Hardline Sunday. All right. But either way. You want to listen to Hardline on Sunday. Either way. I want to listen to Hardline on Sunday. Exactly. You know where I'll be. Uh, <laughs> we'll be back here next week. Bemes and Beamer on WBEN.
0: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone.